why don't I kick us off? We have a, a special morning planned for you guys, even on Zoom. We're able to still have fellowship and come together. Um, so why don't we jump in? I just want to welcome you guys. I uh, wish you a happy new year. Uh, grateful be, to be back together. Um, just two thoughts came to mind o over the holidays. It was nice to actually unplug. Um, it's rare that I get to unplug and actually try to detach from work, um, detach from email, uh, and, and really rest. Anyway, really uh, excited to kick off this new year with you guys. We have some really neat speakers lined up. Uh, excited for this morning. Uh, we have a really great, great program um, planned for you guys. And before we transition, uh, I just want to open us in prayer. Please uh, pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for these men, for New Canaan Society, for this um, opportunity to have uh, deep, real fellowship, to focus on friendship with each other, but also friendship, authentic friendship with you, Lord Jesus. We pray a special prayer over uh, Fred and Jim. We thank you for their hearts, their ministries, uh, for their availability to come and share. Um, with us this morning. Lord, I think of the verse uh, in 1 Timothy, uh, talks about how you gave us not a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and self-control. And Lord, I pray that prayer over our group, uh, these men this morning, that you would bless us with a, with a spirit of power, love, and self-control as we start off this new year. Um, for power and love in our, in our relationships, our families, uh, marriages, our work relationships, Lord, uh, for self-control in our personal lives, for discipline and growth. Lord, I pray for uh, 2022 as a year of, of um, progress and, and growth in each of our lives, Lord. We thank you for this time. We pray for a blessing over our, our worship um, in the coming moments. Lord, we thank you. We love you. In your name, amen. Uh, I have the pleasure to introduce our speakers this morning. Uh, we have Fred Provenger and Jim O'Hagan. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat to, to uh, share the stage with Fred. I was thinking back um, 25, 26, 27 years ago, I was sitting in his youth group at Hawthorne Gospel uh, as some punk sixth or seventh grader sneaking into the high school youth group uh, with all my friends as uh, Fred was the youth pastor back then at Hawthorne. Uh, and that was really, I think, the uh, beginning of uh, friendship and just uh, knowing Fred um, most of you may not know this, but my wife has worked with uh, Debbie, uh, Fred's wife at Lighthouse for uh, a decade uh, from 2005 to 2015. Um, but we've gotten to know Fred and Debbie uh, very dearly over the years at uh, Cornerstone. Uh, Fred has been the senior teaching pastor at Cornerstone and he's no stranger to our, our NCS chapter. Um, we're excited to have you, Fred, and thank you for offering to um, do this special uh, interview style um, time of sharing today with Jim. Jim is the um, family and men's ministry manager at Lighthouse Pregnancy Center um, based out of Hawthorne. Um, there's been uh, a lot of neat overlap ministry-wise, volunteer-wise, volunteer-wise with some of the men here at uh, our NCS chapter. Um, personally, um, like I mentioned, my wife has been very involved throughout the years. Uh, but Jim, Jim's been there about a year, and we're going to hear more about his story uh, coming from the marketplace, spending about 20 years as sales and IT manager. Um, you know, Jim has uh, made this transition into a full-time ministry role, and uh, we're excited to hear 
hear his story and hear the, the uh, discussion this morning. So without further ado, I'm happy to introduce Fred and Jim uh, to this morning. Thanks, guys. Well, good morning, guys. Uh, it is a uh, privilege to be able to share this uh, wintry morning with you and uh, to, to share this story. Um, I, I guess the background is this. Um, Debbie, my wife Debbie and I met in college, and uh, as you often do when you're in college, we started to share our stories with each other, and um, Debbie had grown up in Hawthorne, and she grew up a Hawthorne gospel kid, so Debbie was like a church kid all her life, but of course, she went to public school, so um, one of the things I learned about her was that she had you know, church friends, and then she had school friends. And she had all these people in Hawthorne that she knew that, um, you know, played on the football team, the basketball team, the wrestling team, that kind of stuff that she went through all of high school with. But they were her, her school friends. And as far as they knew, she was a Hawthorne gospel kid who went to this big church on the highway uh, that nobody understood what went on there. It was this strange place that was different than everybody else. The vast majority of people growing up in Hawthorne went to St. Anthony's or one of the other local Catholic churches if they went anywhere. And um, so after Debbie and I got married and went to seminary and came back, we settled in this area. We live in Hawthorne now. So we live in the town that Debbie grew up in. As a result, I've had a chance to meet and become friends with many of the people that she knew growing up. So, um, and every now and then, the funny part of that is every now and then Debbie will reconnect with somebody from high school and find out that God has been at work in their life in some kind of unique way, some kind of that way that you would never have seen growing up. And one of those stories is Jim O'Hagan. So um, I, I remember it was a couple of years ago that Jeb, Debbie mentioned to me that um, Judy O'Hagan wanted to volunteer at the pregnancy center. And, uh, and I said, oh, that's great, you know? But she said, and I said, but so like, what, what do you mean? You know, and, and I, she said, uh, you know, and she explained like, Jim is one of my friends that I grew up with in Hawthorne, but he's not one of the Christian guys, you know, like Judy wants to volunteer, but I don't know what's kind of going on with them. I don't know why they want to do this, you know? And then she said, I think they might be going to a Bible study at emergence. And we were, and we looked at each other and we're like, well, that's a good sign, you know, that, that they're going to have a study in emergency. Something must be going on with them. And um, so come to find out, um, Jim was, in fact, going to a Bible study in emergence with his wife. Um, there was even rumor that he had been to the Holy Land with some folks from Bethany. So there were all sorts of strange things going on in Jim's life. So this is where I want to start the conversation. Jim, I just want to ask you, I don't think I've ever actually heard this story. Um, I met you through Debbie. You know, how does this Hawthorne St. Anthony's kid end up at a Bible study in emergence? Just take us through that story, because right. you weren't one of the church kids when Debbie uh, in Debbie's life. No, absolutely not. And first things first, it's, uh, it's a little shocking that that you guys were so shocked that I was finding Jesus. Maybe that's something, <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's something I, uh, I needed to work on more than I even realized. But no, it, it, it's, it's been like, it's been such an incredible blessing and just such a um, wonderful walk. And, you know, I need to get a little more courage with some of my, my non-church friends about speaking, speaking of my story, 
they do they have commented several times like what the heck has happened to you O'Hagan you know um, so I haven't really shared everything with them I, I need to get some more courage with that but um, the blessing that the lighthouse has been has been just incredible and the walk has been has been beautiful just really quickly um, yeah grew up in Hawthorne grew up as um, an Irish Catholic family big family very close family um, went to St. Anthony's and got knocked around by the nuns pretty well uh, got a lot of uh, you know religion kind of hammered into me um, in, in that so was was a good good Catholic and all of that and then my my beautiful daughter Carly who ironically <laughs> we sent we used to send our kids to a Christian camp in the summers um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Aldersgate I'm sure there's going to be a lot of head nodding yes with that we sent our children to to Aldersgate and I'll never forget this my daughter Carly um, went on one of their hikes the first night there and they were asking her questions about their faith and one of the things she came back and told her she said well I'm really not you know we really don't have a very religious family I was like oh man that was like a, a knife in the heart for for me and that and then the ironic piece of it is that Carly has been the vessel to get Judy and I renewed in our faith um, she went to Wagner College her freshman year first semester um, really didn't have a great experience, but then moved over to Westchester um, College down in near, near Philly. And suddenly she's going to this organization called Crew, Crusade for Christ. And she's my daughter's blessed with a pretty good voice. So all of a sudden she's singing at these um, uh, meetings once a week with 200 people in the room. And my wife and I are driving down to Westchester on a Thursday night to see her sing and just kind of blown away that there's 200 kids in the room that their parents didn't drag them there to go to this wonderful service. So I'll be candid. I, I kind of had a bad experience um, with some of the church folk that Fred was talking about, not Debbie, but it was born again Christians sometimes at that time were very uh, somewhat, somewhat aggressive, you know, and very rules-based. So I, I, I kind of had my guard up with that. Um, so then Carly comes home from college and starts going to this church emergence and kind of begs me to come along. And being the guilty Irish Catholic guy, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> so I would actually go to the seven o'clock mass at St. at, at uh, my church in town and then go to the 10 o'clock service at emergence just to make sure I was checking off both boxes and feeling well and candidly I literally had my fists up like this just waiting for somebody to say something that I could punch out of it um, but honestly it never came and it was just an unbelievably beautiful experience and um, my wife never really felt the connection to the Catholic Church because she's incredibly social much more than me um, and it was more like go to church Check, check it off the box, go home. And my wife's chatty, so loves to, you know, build friendships and relationships. So she felt such a draw to it that um, it really, it really started to take hold in, in such a beautiful way. And the, the call to mission was the most driving, two things was the emphasis on learning the Bible, which honestly, guys, I never really learned it as a Catholic growing up in Catholic school. I also went to Catholic college too and learned a little bit there, but it was the emphasis on learning the Bible and the emphasis on mission. 
um, was just so incredible. My daughter Carly went um, to the Philippines to do a, um, a mission on uh, human trafficking. I was nervous as can be. I'm like, well, shoot, if my daughter can do that, I can do something. You know, and it just felt like every every sermon with the, the pastor was speaking directly to me every week and challenging me. And it just really opened my heart to feel like, oh my goodness, God really does love me, as opposed to having to check off the boxes of the rules that was sort of hammered into my heart through my my Catholic upbringing. So then suddenly, you know, the, the thoughts of talking about having you know doing a bible study oof, i was like uh, i would never have ever thought in my life that that would be something i would do and then you know you could talk to some of my friends in the bible study who i'm really close with now and i was you know i was a fighter at first with it you know like defending my faith as a catholic and we had a lot of great back and forth but just hearing the messaging and learning the bible really just sort of opened my heart to wanting to to do more, and we've been part of Emergence for the last um, eight or ten, uh, eight eight years or so, and it's been just a beautiful ride. So you um, you would never call yourself an unbeliever because you always were believers, yes. kind of all in there. Yes, you weren't really experiencing any personalized faith, and um, and you exactly. and, and it wasn't really a, a huge part of your life. It was just kind of that off there kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, I, I felt like it was a big part of my life because I was a strong Catholic, but I didn't have nearly the passion that I have now because my heart was literally changed of wanting to be more involved and to give back and just learning more of about you know God's plan through the Bible. It was just so mind opening to me of how to be. And it just was such a such a, a different approach and a beautiful message of how to approach it. It's funny you talk about your daughter being at Crew and um, yeah. and singing um, at Crew down at Westchester College. And because she was singing to the large group, you of course as O'Hagan parents had to go down and see her. Of course, that's just the way the family has always worked, right? If one kid's competing, if one kid's doing something, you're going to go down there. So you would go down there just to see what she was doing because she was doing it. That was just it. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, absolutely. And just to make sure it wasn't a cult. Just make sure it wasn't. Total total honestly, just make yeah. sure she was safe and everything. But it was uh it was mind-blowing. And yeah, my wife and I would go down on a Thursday night, two and a half hours, do an hour and a half of this of their their program and then drive home. <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah, so it was uh and if she were doing it now, I would still do it. <laughs> so it was, and it was just a beautiful experience. It really was just blown away by how faithful the, the kids were. Oh my gosh. It was just I'm like, wow, something good's happening here. Some, they wow. must be hearing something, something well here. So, yeah. And so it must've been strange as a person with all the liturgy of the Catholic church. So worked into you to work into a place like, like emergence where it, it's so different, the atmosphere and you were pretty, guarded you were ready for them to do something that would uh, that would offend you or drive you off and that and that never happened never it happened. just all made sense yep and i was i was looking for an excuse candidly um for it and but it just never came and it just my heart just kept opening more and more and the 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 faith walk with my wife about it has been such a blessing like we're we're closer now because of it 
you know, and then you, you mentioned the Holy Land before, like I, I, I ended up going to, there was my, was my friend Pete Tenkate on the, on the line there. And we had such an incredible experience. I mean, I tell, I tell my friends that I went there to like, who, who is this guy? What, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> but no, it's just, the, the heart is just so open to it. And it's, um, it's been such an incredible blessing. Wow. So you're in, you're in your fifties. Um, your daughter is, has this new spiritual awakening. You're going to this new church, you know? Um, but then you make this transition. You've been working, you know, in business all of your life and you start and, and you make a pretty radical shift at the end of your life. You didn't retire. You just switched jobs after really having spent a whole lifetime in sales. So tell me about like what you work, what your work was. And, and the process that caused you to make this kind of change. Sure, thanks for that. Yeah, um, yeah it, it is a radical change. Um, you know, I was, I was um, a sal salesperson, sales management uh, my whole career, um, mostly in the IT staffing space. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with that world, but it's, um, yeah, I, I feel it's, it's sort of a blessing and a curse because it's a great industry. It's a great field. It's, it's sort of recruiting placement uh, industry, um, but it's incredibly competitive, a lot of pressure, and honestly, a lot of sin in it because it's all about how much can I make this moment, this second, as much as possible. Um, I always kept a very high moral bar in that, and I never really gave into any of that, but I, I, I did well in it, thank God. It was like this really tough dichotomy. Um, so I grew up into be becoming a manager and a senior vice president, managing multiple offices, managing sales teams and, 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 and whatnot. And um, thank God was, was pretty successful with it. And, um, the, but because I, I, sometimes I describe it as I felt like I was sort of like a, a sheep surrounded by wolves in this really, really challenging field, trying to keep a more high moral bar when all people cared about was how much money am I going to make and how much margin am I going to make on this, on this, on this deal where I would be like, come on guys, let's do the right thing, do the right thing. The good things will come from it if you do the right thing. And it was just like, shut up O'Hagan, you know, get out of the way kind of thing. So that really leaned on me in a, in a, in a really tough way. I uh, had some health issues with that. It wasn't the father, wasn't the husband I should be. I just woke up every morning candidly with, you know, my, my heart, and my throat, and just a lot of, a lot of anxiety and angst about um, where, where we were in terms of numbers and whatnot. I don't, any, I don't know if anybody on the call is in sales, but, you know, working for really greedy owners, and it was just a really, really difficult situation. So again, thankful, thankfully to my beautiful wife, I told her, as a sweetheart, I cannot do this forever. Uh, so we were very diligent with our saving. And we kind of had a long-term plan that I wanted to do something meaningful at a certain point in my life. Because raising, you know, as you guys know, raising a family in Northern New Jersey is very difficult. It's very expensive. So I kind of had to suck it up and just keep fighting through it and, and, and saving our money and having a sort of a long-term plan, but full well hoping and knowing that I wanted to do something different. So my wife dragged me, uh, I was gonna say by the hair, but that obviously is not the case. Dragged me to the. Uh, she actually started uh, volunteering with Debbie as a secretary at one of the centers, um, and then they dragged me to the banquet one year, and um, 
I was just blown away by what was going on at the lighthouse. And um, I called Debbie the next day and I said, I want to be part of the, I want to be part of it. So she met me for lunch, a little pizza place in Wayne. We talked it all through and uh, I started to, I became a, a volunteer at first as a, as a um, counselor. And then Debbie sort of had a long-term vision of this potential men's ministry position opening up. So my wife and I prayed upon it and thought about it a lot. And thankfully, um, you know, we were good stewards with our savings, lived well below our means. And then uh, Debbie brought me in last June as a permanent employee there. And, uh, you know, candidly, it's a tough move financially. But, you know, as my wife says, it's not about the money anymore. It can't be. And um, I go to work every day now with uh, a light heart, and, and it feels amazing to be able to help these, um, these families and what we're doing at the Lighthouse. So two follow-up uh, questions. You know, sure. one, obviously everybody kind of understands that Lighthouse uh, ministers to people in pregnancy-related crisis and uh, has a whole thing for women who are post-abortive and, and stuff like that, and they do some sexual integrity things beforehand, Debbie and I in, in the schools. Mm -hmm. um, but one of our burdens has always been to have somebody who can talk to the guys who are connected to these crisis pregnancies. Um, and so that you kind of began in that area, trying to build relationships with, with the guys, right? There's the, that's yes. a, a whole other kind of fruitful field for the ministry. Yep, absolutely, Fred, thanks. Yes, it's, and it's been a really incredible blessing and eye-opening to me, um, you know, learning, how much the men have influence on the decision of the woman keeping the baby or not is, is incredible. They, they have such a dramatic influence on that. So, um, but, you know, as guys, we know, right. You know, we're, we're probably going to be a little more hold back, hold back on our feelings and whatnot. Right. So having the ability for me to go and talk to the men um, really, really helps. And just, you can kind of, we're, we're trying to steward them in the, in the right direction by giving them love and giving them support and having a, you know, I guess a mentor in a sense of, of, of people to, of a man to talk to. And it's, um, you know, it's been really going very well. I do a lot of counseling with, with some of the men and, um, you know, some days I feel like, I don't know if I'm having an influence, but they keep coming back and, uh, and it's, and it's, it's really been a, a, a really good blessing in that regard. Yeah, that, that's part of the, 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 the mature Christian life is wondering if you're making an impact. You know, the humility that comes from like just showing up and asking God to use you. Um, obviously, you have been, you know, being pro-life was not a new thing for you. You know, family was always a huge thing. Your family was very solid. Uh, you're close with all your relatives and your your family as a dad you were very strong and as a as a catholic you've just been pro-life all your life so that really wasn't an issue for you right absolutely that transition was very easy in that regard 100 percent um yeah family, and, family so quite very close and that was how your wife kind of got involved in the first place yes exactly yeah yeah um because again but but i think um, emergence drove it um because mm -hmm. you know every Every week, I felt like the pastor was speaking directly to me. And he has this great line. He's like, and if you're honest, and I'm like, oh, that, that, Fred, if you're not using that, that one, buddy, please, you know, for, especially for old Catholics in the, in the group, that, that, 
that guilt just come flies right to the surface. I'm like, and I'm all ears because <laughs> you're talking. Well, right I'm going to gonna steal that from Ryan right <laughs> off the bat. I'm going to give him absolutely no credit for stealing that line. So um, that's take just it. the way it works. Yeah, um, take it. And uh, but but now, but was now so much you're, emphasis. You're, God, I'm sorry, Fred. There was so ahead. much emphasis on giving back and being part of a community group and all that and and i'm like oh my gosh i, I have to do something i have to mm -hmm. it just it just felt the, the way i mean you know one of the things I, I wrote down here that that drove me i remember when we we're you know paul was such a you know warrior for the for the in the new testament you know preaching from prison to the guards you know having the courage to do that and i'm learning this and it's just like the first time I'm really hearing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, he could do that. I can't talk to my friends or my family about my faith. What? Are you kidding me? Like, come on, let's go. Let's, you know, we got to make this happen. So, you know, so that started to really grow in, in both Judy and I. And we started doing the Bible study and then, you know, doing some things back in emergence from on a volunteer basis, which I had never really done before. And again, as the, in the Catholic faith, there really wasn't a strong emphasis on mission. It was more of behavior and rules as opposed to, you know, giving back. So one of the first things I noticed when I went to emergence with why my daughter Carly had such a passion to want to do things and travel and, and go on mission. It's like every service, they, that's all they were. That was such a part of the message of giving back. Mm -hmm. So it just started yeah. to really lean on me. And candidly, I, I really did not like my job for many, many years and only did it because I needed to for the money. Right. But now you, now you and, uh, and Debbie have, you guys have started this new program called Birth of a Family, which is really interesting. It's like a whole other um, leg of ministering to these families. Tell us about the Birth of a Family and how you guys have gotten involved in that. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and you're leading that now, really now. So it's yes, kind of interesting. It, Yes, which is really cool. It's, it's a really awesome program, guys. And if anybody wants to talk more about it offline, please, you know, let me know. But I don't know if any of you remember months back, uh, Stuart Carver had come and done had, had did a um, presentation on our program at that point. So I started out, my wife and I actually ran it together as a volunteer. We were a pilot program doing this, um, doing this, this birth of a family with with our with our team. Um, and basically what it is, it's a relational discipleship program where we have coach couples and men mentor couples working with young couples who and hope and helping them work through building biblical relationships with one another. And mm -hmm. it's incredibly organic uh, program where we work through specific discussion guides on a weekly basis. It's an eight week program and it has, you know, three Three, serve, three sessions of it. So, um, so we go through different discussion guides about, um, you know, what are your values? You know, what about your relationships? How do you communicate with one another? Then it gets even more tactical into finances and relationships along that way of how you, how you want to work with one another. Um, and we've, we've had incredible, and thank God, praise to God that, really strong support in it. A lot of the Lighthouse um, clients have been coming to it. And on a Wednesday night at the, at the um, center in Hawthorne, we have over 60 people with, with childcare, food delivered, um, 
and it's just it's it's become a, a such a family atmosphere in our group that the the people are are friends with one another they're babysitting for each other they're they're getting rides with one another there's just such great relational discipleship going on and underneath it all it's all biblically based of trying to bring them to faith several people have come to church several people have um, gotten engaged from this and it's just it's just been such a beautiful um, beautiful program for us and what's, what's great about it too, it's a great way to serve guys, um, not pushing anything, um, but getting to do it with my wife, you know, and, and having and seeing real impact and working together like that has been just an incredible blessing. Well, it, it seems like, you know, Debbie had done. realized that for some of these folks, they're making a choice to, 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 uh, um, to choose life. But um, and so they're going to bring this child into the world. But for many of these folks, they've never seen a healthy marriage. They've never seen a healthy family. They, these young guys and these women are saying, well, I want to have this baby, but they have no idea what a healthy marriage looks like. And so part of it is you just hang out with these guys and, and, and just kind of living and, and, and moving through the program, but also just showing them healthy relationships. Right. I mean, no. there's just a huge miss a gap there in their lives. Thank you, Fred. That's a great point. It, it is. I'll never forget this. On our first session, we had a, a young woman in our group who came, who's single. She was the only single person there. Everyone else came in was, was with somebody. So but she's has two children, two young children from two different dads um, and just was nervous about being there. So we kind of went around the room real quickly and said, Okay, Jim and Judy, how long have you been married? How long have you been together? So we're going around and, and she was sitting right next to me. And one group said, we've been together for 38 years. Uh, we've been together for 35 years. And her jaw literally hit the ground. Like she had no context of what a relationship like that could be because she's never had the example of it. And we take for granted sometimes what we have as, as the folks in, in, in our neighborhoods and how we've all grown up with family. But that woman has never missed a session since um, and has had such great, great revelation with what, what's going on. She's like, I know now the next man I meet, I'm gonna have you know, a really strong high bar because I deserve it and because of what I've learned here. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is what it's all about. And then she's come to church with Judy and I several times. I, I don't know if it was necessarily a fit for her, but she's going to church um, on her own now with her with her grandfather. So, um, and I, we love her kids. I mean, her kids are just, my kids are the babysitters there. They just run to them every week. And it's just, you know, the way I described it one week, it was like, you know what, you know, at the end of um, a Thanksgiving dinner with your family, when everybody's leaving and everyone's hugging each other and no one really wants to leave. <laughs> that's, that's what our, that's what our Wednesday nights feel like at the lighthouse with our group. It's just, it's a really beautiful, beautiful situation. You've had some real miraculous people coming to the group, people who um, they never expected that somebody would come out to something like that. Uh, young men who've come as guarded as you were way back in the day, who've yes. broken down and come, and it's really been kind of miraculous. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've had several of those situations where a single girl will come and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pray about, we have time, one quick story on that. It was again, this, this, this woman, um, we were talking in a small group and um, she was talking about one of her one of her 
baby daddies. And um, I had mentioned to her, I said, do you think he would ever come? And she goes, oh, no way. There's no way he would, he would come. So one of our mentors, it was such a beautiful moment, guys. She grabbed everybody in the circle. She said, would you mind if we prayed for that, for him, for now, on that? Or put her heads down. She said a beautiful prayer. Guess who showed up the next week? <laughs> wow. The guy, wow. Her, 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 he showed up the next week. And we were like kids in a candy store. We're like, oh, my gosh, he showed up. Holy smokes. I can't believe it. He smoked. He showed up. I, he came only a few times. Right. And then right, they right. broke up. But I don't know, there, there was something miraculous about that. And hopefully, you know, we're not giving up on him. We're going to keep, you know, scratching away to see if we can uh, to build that relationship there. But it was, uh, well, you know, that's part place. of mentoring, too. Sometimes you've never seen somebody stop and pray spontaneously for something. Oh my you know, some, some people grew up in a world where people did that all the time. And here this girl probably not only has she never seen people stay together for 30 years, she never had anybody stop and say, well, let's pray about this right now and then see God answer that prayer. Yeah. And that's just the beauty of mentoring relationships. And so, yeah. you know, um, as pro-life people, we don't, we don't want to just be pro-baby. You know, we want to be pro-marriage and pro-family and all that because that's what the families need. But um, it's so difficult if you've never seen it. If you've never seen a marriage uh, to to go on, and that's I think the gap that Birth of a Family is doing, and uh, you know God has uniquely prepared you for that. Your your whole upbringing and growth, and um, you know God's done miraculous things uh, through you, uh, in you, and and now He's doing uh, great things through you. So, well, thank you for so, this really kind. I appreciate that. Well, Matt, that's um, you know um, I, I wanted to be able to share Jim's story selfishly. I wanted to hear it myself, and I figured you guys. Uh, we'll just have to sit there and listen while I listen. So uh, that's an amazing story. Thank God for what he's done in your life. Thank God for, for Ryan and for Emergence and for Crew and for all the ways that the kingdom of God works together to change lives. Thank you. Um, I'm flattered by you guys asking me and blown away by your interest in it. And I'm, it's just, it's, it's incredibly humbling to, um, to have this experience and for you guys to sit and listen to me. I, I mean it. So, and I get the praying thing. I'll never forget that, Fred, when, when uh, I met Debbie for lunch after um, the, the, the banquet and we're having a little piece of pizza and she's like, pray? She's like, hold on a second, can, we pray? can I pray for you? I'm like, oh, like that was honestly, wow. Even me, you know, that's not, that's not what we did. We would pray. But not specifically spontaneously like that. I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's praying for me. I might yeah. love her even more now." You know, it's just uh, I don't know, just an incredible feeling. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for sharing your story. I appreciate it. I figured it was a, a good NCS kind of a story, and uh, wanted to share with these guys. So. Thank hey, you, Jim. Fred, Jim. Thanks so much for sharing um, your story, Jim. Really resonates, I think, well. You know, with this. Um, the challenges of, of the work world, you know, the culture is always pushing us to perform and be out of balance, you know, um, it, with workaholism and just the, the, yeah. the drive to perform and just hearing how um, you felt this tug, you know, this pull. And it's incredible just hearing how your children played a role, your daughter Carly played a role in that, um, in your faith story and uh, coming to Christ. And um, you know, it's very encouraging. Uh, it's exciting to hear about your work at Lighthouse. Uh, there's such a need for modeling good family dynamics and the, the role of the father. 
you know, in this society, it's just, you know, becoming more of a, more of a, um, you know, uh, you know, just a lacking presence of what good male leadership looks like in a family and what, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, what a healthy family looks like. So um, hats off, uh, thrilled to hear um, the role you're playing at Lighthouse. And, you know, is, is there an opportunity for men to get involved and in, in helping out? Because we're always looking at NCF to, to um, be engaged in our community and serve and help where we can. Um, yeah, how, how, yeah, how would we get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, like we have one of, one of your guys is on our crew, uh, Dan Brennan. I don't know if he's on the, on the line today, but he and his wife have, have become mentors for us. And they're mm -hmm. amazing, incredible. So, and um, yeah, so you guys can, about that, it's it, the best way to do it is, is through couples. But if you guys are interested in, in mentoring and, and being part of it or being part of, um, um, you know, being a peer counselor for the men, gosh, I would love that. I'd love to have mm -hmm. more men in, in the office. I mean, I have three mm -hmm. daughters and I'm comfortable around women, but, you know, I'm the only guy in the office, guys. So I need I need a I need a rope. <laughs> oh, that's great. So that's great. Yeah. Well, guys, we're just at time here. So I do want to wrap up in prayer. Uh, thank you, Fred. Thank you, Jim. Uh, thank you for sharing your story you and how, you how so the much. Lord's led, led you. Well, why don't you guys, uh, let's bow our heads and pray and um, wrap up our time together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Jim's story, for how you've called him and led him through life um, to this point, you know, to, to a calling uh, such a time as this um, for his role at Lighthouse. Thank you for his sensitivity um, uh, to hearing your calling. Thank you for his wife. Thank you for his daughter and his family uh, and the role they played. Uh, it's such a good reminder for all of us men, just how uh, many of us um, have partners in life that see things that we don't see at times. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, you bless Jim and his role at Lighthouse um, or encourage this morning. I thank you for this testimony as we head into the new year, Lord, that you would, um, remind us, encourage us, um, and guide us, you know, as we, we head into our, our day today, but also as we kick off 2022, Lord. Um, thank you for uh, this time. And we ask for a special blessing um, over our days and for the men of this group. We ask this in your son's powerful name. Amen.